Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S. That is... At Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this one hour with me. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking about what? Well, you know, a few weeks ago or last week, I spoke about how great the media started to behave again. They started to get a spine. They started to say, Oh, we are going to really challenge Trump. We're going to make sure that he's doing what he said he's going to do and all of that. And we gave them the kudos that was warranted because, again, people like Jake Tapper and uh, Joanne Reed and and, uh, 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 Tamron Hall, all these folks started to really hit him, not hit him hard, but fact check check him hard. Well, you know, this week is the week that he went to the Joint House of Congress, the Joint Session of Congress, and... He read the teleprompter. He didn't go off script for too uh, too many times. He went ahead and he just talked. And he talked and he said the same thing that he's been saying throughout the campaign, throughout his stump speech, but still he just talked with a different tone. And that was enough. That was enough to get a gullible media to somehow give him the semblance of a president or make him the semblance of a president. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the blog of the week that I'm going to read is one that I wrote um, yesterday that, uh, for, that's going to be up on Sunday on the Daily Coast, and I, I, I have to get this one out because, again, we as the average, well, if you're here, more than likely you're politically or very politically aware But a lot of people are not. And in having these pundits that come on on TV and talk about whether he's presidential or not, whether he's doing things right or not, not providing context to who the person is, who the person has been, it presents a huge problem. And it's one of the reasons why we continue to have many Americans vote against their own interests. And that is what we are here for. And that is the reason when, while we are here, I constantly tell folks, let's talk, let's spread the word, let's spread these videos, let's go out and let it not only be just a few of us, let it be all of us who are out there constantly. Because the reach of this man and the appeasement that this man gets from the uh, mainstream media has to be mitigated. It has to be mitigated if we're to go forward. So what are we going to talk about today, my dear friends? Today, the title of the show is Media and Press Gullibility with President Trump, a Danger to Us All. And I should have said a clear and present danger. Terry, you're absolutely right. They need to stop drinking the Kool-Aid. And Mike McCowan, he isn't even good at reading the teleprompter. Evidently, he was good enough for Van Jones. I, pathetic. Anyhow, uh, the, the, the subtitle, This Week, Many in the Media Failed Again. Look, I gave kudos to the media last week as many grew spines and started doing well, real journalism. This week, many of these same journalists succumbed to a Donald Trump speech that had the facade of human, humaneness but was nothing but a harsh, inhumane instantiation of what he has been talking about throughout his campaign. In other words, nothing, absolutely nothing has changed. But 
Many saw something that they wanted to see. Many saw something that they were hoping to see. I am not sure exactly what they were looking for. I am not sure exactly what they wanted to see. So anyhow, folks, what are your thoughts? Let's talk. I want to remind you folks that this is a call-in show. I will be following hashtag politics done right. And of course, my Twitter feed, Egberto Willis is the Twitter feed. Egberto Willis, please go ahead and follow that as well as like this page on Facebook, which is uh, Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis on Facebook. So folks, give me a call, listen to the live stream or listen to the podcast, the blogcast. You can find that at politicsdoneright.com as well. We also are broadcasting live on Facebook. My Facebook friends know it already, but here on uh, Blog Talk Radio and on air, you can go watch the show, Politics Done Right is the, is the page, and you can watch it streaming live. Now, uh, I, I tell you what, I was hopeful. Well, I shouldn't say that I was hopeful. I'm still hopeful that ultimately something is going to happen that triggers people, that triggers people, because there are a lot of folks and I gotta be I gotta be frank with you. I have relatives as well. Trump supporting evangelical Christian relatives. And that's an oxymoron in my book. I don't understand how Trump has garnered the support of the evangelical Christian base, but he has, and like I said, I have relatives as well who are there supporting this person. So one has to wonder how it goes. But anyway, folks, anyway, folks, I think you know what time it is, right? It's time for the weekly blog post. Yeah, we can talk about the, the um, we can also talk about the, the wiretapping thing afterwards. We, we'll talk about that for sure. Anyhow, folks, the title of the blog of the week it will be appearing on Daily Coast on the front page tomorrow at 8 p.m., I believe, is what time they have it scheduled for. Check it out there as well and share it. Please remember to share it. But anyhow, it goes as follows. Words matter. Real analysis is necessary. People who are honored to have our airwaves have a responsibility to inform and not fall prey to political manipulation. It was distressing to watch Many pundits display their utter gullibility after President Trump's address to the Joint Congress. Van Jones. I love Van Jones. I met Van Jones. I interviewed Van Jones. You can go to my site and scan Van Jones and see the interview that I did. The guy's a very intelligent, talented journalist, talented activist. Recently, one of his goals were similar to what we've been doing at Coffee Party USA, and that is bringing people together, bringing different folks together, the realists sit down and say, you know, we need to have this conversation. And not only do we need to have the conversation, but we need to kind of get around uh, this bickering and fighting each other. So I understand what happened with Van Jones. He got caught in the moment. But anyhow, Van Jones. One of CNN's political pundits and a progressive that many liberals and conservatives respect because he typically gets it right, allowed his emotion to validate a president undeservedly. Right after the president's speech, Van Jones said the following. He became president of the United States at the moment, at that moment, period. Jones said with regards to President Trump honoring the wife of the, of the fallen seal in Yemen. There are a lot of people who have a lot of reason to be frustrated with him, with him, to be fearful of him, to be mad at him. But that was one of the most extraordinary moments you have ever seen in American politics, period. Words of Van Jones. And he did something extraordinary. And for people who have been hoping that he would become unifying, hoping that he might find some way to become presidential, 
they should be happy with that moment. For people who have been hoping that maybe he would remain a divisive cartoon, which he often finds a way to do, they should begin to become a little worried tonight because that thing you just saw him do, if he finds a way to do that over and over again, he is going to be there for eight years. So says Van Jones. Now there is a lot that he said in that speech that is counterfactual. That was not right, and I oppose and will oppose. But he did something tonight that you cannot take away from him. He became president of the United States. I watched Van Jones say that live, and in my mind, the first thing that I said, man, are you going to regret that when you hear it played back tomorrow? And the reason you're going to regret that are twofold. One, it is completely silly to have said, but number two, Trump is going to make a fool out of you in the next few days as he is doing right now, being the Twitter in chief, putting out crap on Twitter again. In other words, being and reverting back to the child he is, reverting back to the child that he is. How could Van Jones make such a statement? Presidents have similar moments using the families of our fallen heroes as sentimental props all of the times. There is nothing in that act that elevates their presidential acumen. How then is that one act extraordinary, Van Jones? How could you consider that act so extraordinary or so different than what any other president has done or one that makes this guy president? Moreover, how can one counterfactual speech for someone who has been a divisive cartoon elevate one from caricature to presidential? Ironically, right after the moment that so impressed Van Jones, Donald Trump was already at it. Donald Trump cheapened it by making it a length of ovation contest. He looked up at the woman and said, I bet that's a record. That's a record now for, I, I, I mean, this was, wasn't this supposed to be a solemn moment for this woman? And now it turns into just another Donald Trump. Well, I got the longest ovation for somebody. I won the child president that we have. It concerns or it concerns us all that Jones did not remind the audience that Trump absolved himself from any responsibility for the death of the Navy SEAL he commended during the speech. Trump threw the blame directly on the generals. Now that, that is extraordinary. It is extraordinary for president to say, I ordered a mission. I sent it. I effected, got the mission, effected high DD. I got the mission effected. But somehow, generals, we blame you. You are the one who got that man killed. Anyhow, luckily, the day after, another person, another good lady from, I think she was on CNN. I think she was on MSNBC because um, Van Jones was on CNN. Zerlina Maxwell, an MSNBC political pundit, was not gullible at all in her analysis, even while surrounded by many giving Trump different degrees of accolades. This is what she said. In my next life, I want to come back and have everyone judge me like we judge President Trump, Zerlina Maxwell said exasperatedly, and essentially have the floor for achievement in the basement. And so, if I show up and I literally string together sentences that are a little more coherent than my Twitter feed, then everyone would say, I sound presidential. Now, there were certain moments last night that were, I found, presidential, certainly. With the Navy SEAL, that was a very, very moving moment. But the rest of the speech, rest of his speech, was essentially was this campaign stump speech. I've heard this speech many, many times on the campaign trail, and he put in some additional platitudes 
to address the anti-Semitic violence we've been seeing. So it's much a small, it's such a small bar, it's such a sharp bar, it's such a, you know, not, not all that much. Anyhow, Ms. Maxwell's points are quite right. The press and seemingly most pundits have so lowered the presidential bar, it takes a little hop to jump over it. Had they judged President Obama or even President George W. Bush by those standards, these leaders would be considered the epitome of presidents. But the normalization of Donald Trump began soon after his election. Most people expected the traditional mainstream media would do the same in their news coverage. That said, we hope those who purport to be progressive pundits not fall for staged actions. The country made a mistake in electing President Donald Trump. They made a huge mistake when they elected this man. We're going to pay for it. A huge mistake. He fooled many good people, though. I mean, a lot of the people that are supporting him, they're good people. I mean, we are all clouded by... We can all be clouded, right? We can all be clouded easy by our environment. We can all be clouded by several things. So I don't put the hate in on those who vote for him. I don't. But I get to that in a minute. I want to end the blog this way. He fooled many good people. Liberal pundits must not be complicit in continuing the deception. Our good friend Van Jones was complicit for a couple of minutes right after the speech. I want to hear him come back. I want to hear him come back. He's an honest guy. I want to hear him come back and say, yes, I was overtaken by the emotions, not of Trump, but what that act meant for that woman who lost her husband for an action that Trump took hastily over dinner. Remember that this man ordered that action while he was eaten casually. Oh yeah, go, go bomb them. Go do it. It's okay. And then he tried to say this was planned before. No, it was not planned. Yes, it was planned. But as far as day of action or anything like that, there was no authorization. Generals always want to go. They always want to go when they think they have to go. It is political for you to say, I'll go or not. President Obama decided not to go. He passed it on to the other administration. Why? For them to look at it in more detail, to make sure that all the T's were crossed, all the I's were dots. Got it. So again, Van Jones, uh, I think, you know, good guy, but please make that, you know, please let folks know that we're not going to fall for this presidential crap. Anyhow, folks, the telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Nine five, And while we wait for anyone to call in, let me see, uh, run down this feed here from, see what people are talking. I agree. Van Jones was disappointing. Yes, he was. He has to have an undiagnosed mental illness because what he does is only in his own interest. Yes, I think uh, many have already telediagnosed Donald Trump as a narcissist. I think it's a little bit deeper than that. I think he's a narcissist. I think he's a a pathological liar. I think he has a distinct pathology that makes him a very dangerous person for the country. Worse, I think uh, we, the things that he's doing lend us, lends itself to believe that this is the man that to take, he he knows how to use the media. In other words, this, even this story today, don't think he doesn't understand that this story is going to take the day as far as being wiretapped. Here's the magic with this story. Somebody else mentioned uh, for us to talk about the wiretap. Yeah, he is a sociopath, Crystal. I mean, Christy. Here's the magical thing about talking about the wiretap, folks. And, and we have to be very careful. And I'm coming to you in a minute now, Jonathan. We have to be very careful. Wiretap. Wiretapping now. 
hi, Denise, is going to take the eyes off of the ball on many issues, right? Believe it or not, the wiretapping will take, for a time, journalists off of the real Russia story. Because what they're going to be doing with their sources is they're going to be trying to find out why was the wiretapping, is the wiretapping legal, did FISA court authorize the wiretap, and they're going to be going down all these different rat holes. All these rat holes that they go down, which many of them are classified, means that they will not be talking specifically about Russia. It means a lot of the journalists who right now are already strained financially based on the cuts that all these news agencies have, will not have, they don't have the ability to walk and chew anymore. They don't. Bloggers like myself and the other thousands of bloggers around the country, we have the advantage of having low overhead. We have the advantage of using canned stuff that a lot of these great journalists come out with. So in effect, a lot of bloggers, while we, are, we give opinions, we depend a whole lot on respected, the few respected journalists that we trust to get information from. So we have to be cognizant. We have to be very cognizant of all these particular issues, right? So anyhow, the other subject that this takes the eye off the ball is Paul Ryan is back there scheming. And I think I wrote a blog about that earlier in the week. Paul Ryan is back there scheming. Paul Ryan is back there thinking about how do I cut the, uh, how do I kill Obamacare and survive? How do I kill Obamacare, blame the, the past administration from the ills that will occur from Obamacare, and live on to 2019, meaning the election after 2018? That is what they're doing right now. That is why they stuck with Trump. And if you get, go to my website, egbertowillies.com, Joanne Reed had a great little segment that she gave in, um, on, on Bill Maher yesterday that is worth listening to that I went ahead and I blogged. But come on in, John, and let me hear your part. And folks, don't remember, seven one, or rather, uh, call us at 646-929-2495. You can leave Facebook for a while and give us a call and make your point. Come on in, John. How are you doing, my friend? Good afternoon, Egberto. How are you doing? Right, sir. Talk to me. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that the main thing that uh, we, we need to focus on this week is actually a continuation of what happened last week. Is The fact is, the question we need to ask is, do we, do, uh, we live in the, uh, uh, the, under the rule of law in America right now, if you're a Republican elected official? And the answer to that, in my opinion, is no. And exactly. I want to, you know, last week we, last week we had, uh, we found out on Friday night that uh, Mr. Burr, Richard Burr, the the head of the Senate uh, committee uh, investigating Trump, or supposedly investigating Trump, and uh, Devin Nunez, who is the the uh, House uh, Intelligence Committee, who's right. supposedly investigating Trump, made calls uh, to journalists. From, from as directed by the Trump administration to tell them that there was nothing there uh, on, on basically on the Russia story, which is just so problematic that it's unbelievable. And it really wasn't covered uh, enough. And then later on we found out that Pompeo himself, the CIA director, later that uh, – it was on Saturday that that came out – that right. Pompeo also made calls. So we have, you know, people there there is not the rule of law in America. And as I'm sure you saw the uh the thing uh, the that uh uh what's the guy's name uh from California and the intelligence committee was on Matto, I guess on Thursday oh, yeah. night. Right. And he was saying right, and uh he was saying that that basically Comey wouldn't tell him anything and this is also backed up by Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham went so far as to say he won't even say if there's an investigation going on at all. And so, you know, this this also combines with uh what they said uh from Mr. McCabe who is uh, Comey's assistant who they said basically uh 
told them in a, in a conversation with Wright's Priebus a couple of weeks ago that they said on all the Sunday shows that there's nothing there. And so, you know, right now I just feel like we don't have the rule of law concerning the Trump administration at all. And uh, this is incredibly bothersome, and I think that this isn't being talked about enough, and it should be addressed uh, because, I mean, I don't know if Comey is investigating these people. Adam Schiff is the guy's name, the, the congressman. And so, uh, right, and, and so, uh, you know, I just don't, don't know what the status is. Nobody in America knows what the status is, and what Schiff was saying is that you know what Comey possibly could be doing is that he's afraid if he's going to actually do uh, prosecutorial investigations, you know, which are criminal, that mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to tell anybody because it's going to uh, take away his uh, his investigation. It's going to you know take away his power to do the investigation. Uh, which is, you know, which is interesting, but it's a direct contradiction to what on went on in the the, the Clinton administration, where he did right. the exact opposite. No, let me so, tell you. Uh, okay, finish and then I'll come in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I just, you know, it's just really troubling to me. Uh, so anyway, what Schiff also said is that that if that is the case then you know i can somewhat understand it but what is the bigger case the bigger case is we have to know you know how dirty these people are is trump dirty did trump directly collude with the russians or anybody else carter page manafort uh sessions uh anybody did they mm-hmm. directly collude with the and that we need to have a special prosecutor and you know it, this is this is beyond comey is not uh, responsible, he's not reasonable, and uh, you know I, he can't be trusted. And so, I right now I feel like you know the rule of law uh, concerning Trump is a joke. You know they've they've just they've just made partisanship, you know their god. They've made you know tax cuts for the rich their god. That's the only thing they're concerned about. That's the only thing that Republicans want. That's why Ryan's back in this. Uh, he doesn't care about the people. All he cares about, like you say all the time, is enriching the plutocracy. And uh, it's a very sad moment for America. And let I, me, I just, you know, I just hope is. Let, let me get in one thing because you uh, you touched on Ryan and why it is that it's lawless. Before I read what Joanne Reed said yesterday, I want to make a point here, and that is you have to remember a very important thing here: Republicans thought they would have been in the wilderness for decades. They had no idea that this gift was going to be given to them. In other words, complete and total control of the government to make the changes that they feel would be impossible to make going forward. And the changes that they have to make are changes that allows a permanent minority to rule this country. And this is the one and only opportunity they feel they're likely to get. In other words, there's a structural, there's a structural problem, well, not a problem, there's a structural reality in our country right now that doesn't lend itself to the policies of conservatives or Republicans. By an act of faith, Donald Trump was elected. By an act of faith, I mean an accident, but it occurred with uh, so they're gerrymandering, they're voter suppression, and all of that, that only can last for a certain amount of time before just the volume of people overpower them, was successful in getting this last Republican administration, Republican Senate, Republican Congress all put together uh, in such a manner that they, can change the con- that they can change the Supreme Court, that they can put laws in that the Supreme Court would then uphold to allow this country going forward to be ruled by a minority. So that's the whole issue. Now, Joanne Reed yesterday uh, made a, you know, just about said it. This, hers was, of course, with, uh, with, socioeconomic, with um, social, uh, social issues, which she said, I don't think Republicans would ever turn on Trump because Paul Ryan has made it pretty clear that he is going to use Trump's right hand 
to get the things that Paul Ryan wants. And what does Paul Ryan want? This is what she said. Paul Ryan essentially wants to repeal the 20th century again. Paul Ryan essentially wants to repeal the 20th century. He wants to privatize Social Security if he can, gut Medicare, gut Medicaid, gut food stamps, essentially throw the poor onto the mercy of charities and churches, turn everything into a fistful of vouchers, a voucher for you to go to school, which you are now going to have to pay for because Ms. DeVos wants to privatize it, a voucher for you to buy health insurance. Good luck if the voucher isn't enough to pay for the policy that can actually help you when you're really sick. And that fistful of voucher strategy, they can throw it on Trump and say, well, Trump signed it. So we have to, we have to look at the big picture here. This is an opportunity for them, the opportunity that they think is the last. He is going to hang on to Trump as long, or not he. The Republicans are going to hang on to Trump, a guy that is neither a Republican nor, to put it bluntly, an honest broker, an honest conservative, or anything else. They're going to hold on to this guy tight. They just need his right hand. The guy who uh, runs the tax uh, foundation said it once. We just need, we don't care who that president is. We just need his right hand because we're going to bring him a bill and he's going to sign it. Let me go a little bit further. And this goes into quasi-conspiratorial theory. And folks, uh, please give me a call at 646-929-2495. If you want to add to the discussion, I'd love to hear that. Six, uh, hear other voices. Six, four, six, I'm watching you on Facebook Live and the comments you're making as well. But uh, if you want to talk, 646-929-2495. Here's the deal, folks. Conspiratorially, uh, John just spoke about Comey and how much is Comey really doing, right? Is he really investigating Trump? Is he really having an investigation on the Russia issue and all these other issues with Trump on his real estate collusion, on all the criminal behavior that we know by inference he has committed? Is he doing that? My answer is I honestly believe they all are. I think the Justice Department has a group of folk out there that are actually investigating Trump and not only investigating Trump completely. I think they're doing it fully because here's the deal. They know Trump is no uh, conservative. They know Trump is no Republican. Trump is a narcissist person who only cares about Trump. And in caring about Trump, what, is it, what do they want from him? They just want his right hand. And what, why do I repeat that again? Because here is the deal. There are a lot of Republicans in the FBI. There are a lot of Republicans. The Justice Department is not controlled by the FBI. They will have him by the throat going forward. They will have Senor Trump by the throat going forward. Anything that Paul Ryan comes up with, anything that Mitch McConnell comes up with, Donald Trump is going to sign by the hook or the crook, or he will be embarrassed with impeachment out of office. So what I'm saying is, yes, I do think the investigations are going on. They won't let it out because they don't want to let it out. They need to keep that man there as long as they can keep him there for that right hand. And when it is time for impeachment, and, re- and remember, they also want him to sign all the bills that are not too, well, very middle-class centric, uh, you know, middle-class centric, because they need somebody who they're going to blame. And they don't want to blame the next president of the United States, who likely will be Mike Pence. So then, when they blame all the bad things on Donald Trump, which Americans are not understanding how our society, our government works, that actually no matter who the president is, the bill really it comes from Congress. It's written by all your Republican congressmen and senators. They will be able to go into their areas of low information and tell them, look, it wasn't us. It was President Trump. And guess what? We got rid of him. Now you have yourself your real conservative, Mike Pence. Conspiratorial? Yes. Possibility? Highly. Come on in, John. Well, I'm I'm not sure if that's the case because I mean I, they they know that if if Trump is impeached, 
that, that it's going to affect the the voting population. I mean, people. I mean, I know that uh, the common consensus is that there aren't that many people in the center. You know, in the in the aughts, it was right. all about let's bring out our base, and that's how you win elections. Okay, but yeah. I think that has changed a little bit, and that that's changed because. Uh, the Republicans have, have, you know, and I don't. I'm just being trying to be honest about what's going on here. I don't. I don't. I. Th- I think this is terrible. This is happening, but I mean, you know, unfortunately, what's happening a lot in the Rust Belt is the Republicans have, are are winning a lot of the propaganda wars, and they've convinced people that the Democratic Party is is actually uh, more beholden. To big money, and I think they are. I think we can both agree that that, that certain politicians are to behold. Uh, Democratic politicians are to beholden to big money, but the entire yes. Republican uh, organization, from top yes. to bottom, totally beholden to big money, and so so they've been very successful in actually, you know. Convincing a lot of people that the, in the Rust Belt, especially, that the Democratic Party uh, isn't isn't for them anymore, and I think that, that that's why you saw this this switch. And I mean, there are many many other reasons too. Racism is a part of it, also. Uh, but I mean, I think it, the economic is is probably the main one. I mean, uh, but but so so that that's a uh, has a major factor but i mean you know since there was like this uh, really large right number i want to stop you right there for one second and ask you a question because let me tell you what i've been doing over these you know uh, we we have these groups the indivisible groups and we've had several actions here in houston uh where we actually meet a whole mass of people and within you know me i go around the crowd and i just talk to people after people after people i've even talked spoken to Republicans who are so, I mean, it's not like they're, 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 they've turned it into Democrats. They just don't like, they just don't trust, like, or, or think that Donald Trump is president material or that he's a good president. And they're a part of these, these movements coming in as well. I can tell you one thing. A lot of these Republicans that I talked to that are with Indivisible and other groups that are fighting against Donald Trump are true Republicans. And these guys, if a Mike Pence come, if, if a Donald Trump is impeached, they would see it as uh, because a Mike Pence would be coming, coming forth next, they will see that as a victory, and not only as a victory, but they will stay with their party. Now, I, I agree that, that that is a minority. The Republican Party plus right-leaning independents by philosophy are not the majority in this nation. I mean, I don't go by whenever – you, whenever you do a poll – and you ask people, are you left, meaning liberal, progressive, or moderate? If you add moderate plus, plus uh, conservative, it tells you the country is a center-right country. Because moderate means in the middle, and, and conservative means to the right. What that means, if you add those two numbers up, it is greater than 50%. That's a fact. So whenever somebody does do a poll and they say, oh, this is a conservative right country, they're not lying. They're just telling you how people respond to these polls. However, if you ask people what are the things you want and you enumerate policy after policy, do you want, to, do you want social security and do you want government, do you want social security as it runs today? Do you want Medicare? Do you want uh, to ensure that there's Medicaid? Do you want to have Pell Grants? Do you want to have all these things that form the social state that, make, that, that, was, that, that was promoted by liberalism, by liberal values? They all want those things. What Republicans from the time of the Powell Manifesto were, have been able to do is, as you, actually you just mentioned it, they win the propaganda war. They win that particular stance in the war. What they've been able to do is convince people that somehow the left is anti-American, anti-people uh, getting up and working for themselves and, 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 getting, and, and doing their values, people that are, many are religious or what, they've been success, successful in doing that. That is one of the reasons I go out there and preach. I am a liberal. I'm, a progr- I'm not only a liberal, I'm a progressive liberal. I'm a democratic socialist and proud to be and try to let folks realize distinctly 
what that really means. It means I am exactly where the vast majority of Americans are. But because of the successful, the, the, the successful word mangling that uh, we have guys like, what's the, 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 fa- the famous word uh, smither for the Republicans? Um, I don't remember his name right now. But they've successfully able, they were successfully able to use word smithering to fool people into believing, well, I can't be quite liberal. So my goal in life as well is to let folks carry that mantra as far as, because I tell you what, folks, those of you listening everywhere, if you're a woman, if you're a woman, had it not been for liberals, you still couldn't vote. Had it not been for liberals, you still would not have equal pay. Well, you still don't have it, but we're approaching that based on liberal uh, things. Had it not been for liberals, workers wouldn't have eight hours vacation. But most folks don't really, and uh, they don't really acknowledge that because somehow they are able to distance themselves from the past. It is our job not to do that. Come on in, John. Yeah, no, I agree with what what you're saying. Uh, I I do want to say that that you know this is a you know the the Bernie Sanders movement uh, was was a great uh, you know victory for for liberalism or progressivism, however you want to define it. And uh, you know, and he continues to be extremely popular. I've just been reading Our Revolution, the book, and really enjoying it. And he is the most popular politician in America right now. And so, uh, you know, right now, uh, tomorrow, there's going to be the Montana, uh, you know, convention to to have their official election it's going to be a you know just just a delegate it's not going to the, the population isn't going to vote on it but there's going to be delegates right. and they're going to the two top candidates are both bernie supporters really and so you know and, and you see yes yes so uh, and and so it's very likely that that you know their the democratic candidate is going to be a bernie supporter uh, wow. And so, you know, you see this, I mean, you know, he won, what, uh, 22 states, a lot of right. rural states. And so, I mean, we're starting to see, you know, with, with these elections, we're starting to see that that people, you know, that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally, you know, against Democrats, you know, because, I mean, I think we have to win elections. That's, that's right now, that's the number one thing is winning elections. But I mean, if we can get you know really great progressive candidates, you know that's important also. Uh, you know, when when Bernie appeared uh, in in Charleston, West Virginia, he to promote our revolution, he got two thousand people, two thousand people. And you know, I, I don't know if you've seen this thing that Joe Manchin has on. It's it's been on the net, you know, where he's like. You know, talking about uh, talking to a Bernie supporter, and he's kind of dissing him, and you know, he's saying, "I'm not going to change. I'm going to," you know, and he just did an interview with Breitbart, and right. he's really, you know, kind of kissing up to Trump. And so, right. I mean, just the the idea the idea is that in these red states, we have to elect these conservative people because uh, you know Bernie supporters will never win. But I mean, you know, we we saw that that Bernie did win in these states. I mean, you know, he he won in. I can go on. Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, uh, Washington State, Oregon. I mean, just go on and on. Twenty-two states he did win. So I mean, things are changing. The youth has really, uh, you know, been affected by trickle-down economics. They know, you know, uh, what a failure this is. And so uh, it, it's just. It's great to see this. John, let me tell you, you're correct. Alabama is, nobody would believe the pockets of liberalism in Alabama. And uh, this ties into something that Jessica Greenwell is asking here. Jessica says, so how do we get people uh, to see through? And by the way, my mother's online. Hey, ma, how you doing? Uh, Jessica says, so how do we get people to see through the propaganda? So many have their heads in the sand. Yeah, they have their heads in the sand, but you know what they don't have in their sand, their pocketbook. And what, what we have to do with those folks is not speak in hyperbole, right? In other words, 
I know things that are going to happen, and you know things that are going to happen based on what Paul Ryan is going to do. What we have to start before Paul Ryan does what he does is tell people, well, if he does X, Y, Z, as a good example, let me give one thing. Uh, uh, All of us in in the insurance pools now, because of Obamacare, pays the same same premiums. In other words, if if I'm a certain age, my premium will be the same whether I had a pre-existing condition or not. It's not the same as, as a younger person, but it's the same for someone in my age bracket that has a pre-existing condition, which is fear, which is it's fair because that's the definition of insurance. We don't know who is going to be sick. We don't know what is going to be sick or whatever. So, therefore, everybody in the age group pays the same. Actually, I don't even want that. I want, I, well, you know I want single pair, but... Obamacare was a compromise, and and that's how it worked. As soon as Paul Ryan creates this stuff known as uh, high-risk pools, which was done before, here's what happened. This is what, and I want, and and this is what you have to explain to your people very clearly. Anybody over 30 years old, I can guarantee you have pre-existing conditions, right? And as insurance starts, as the government released the regulations off of these insurance, and I'm a I'm a healthcare uh, proponent, and that's why I speak a lot about healthcare. As the government re- removed regulations from insurance companies, here's what they do: they want to make as much money and they want to pay out as little as possible. So here's what they do: I don't care how old you are. They ask you a few questions. You smoke, you drink. They ask you about your behavior. They ask you about uh, whether you had a little thing of blood pressure. And there are also markers. That they, can, that they can take out of the answers that you give that immediately to them makes you a higher risk than just a bland, everyday person that is 25 years old, that doesn't do a whole lot of stuff, don't, you know, that is, that is a, that's of a certain weight. Uh, and to put it bluntly, that has a certain uh, color tone. All these things have different predispositions of risks. And that is what they'll do. They'll be able to really cherry pick. So what you're going to have is this. You're going to have insurance companies with, without these regulations able to pick and choose all the people that they want. These are people that won't cost them a penny. They will get all that premium and save all that premium for themselves. Then there will be others that will have the higher price insurance for those other people that are just of marginal risk. Nobody, absolutely no insurance company will take those with a known pre-existing condition because it is known. And here's the kicker. To that, Paul Ryan's plan currently says we will create high-risk schools to assist those folks that have that problem. Let's talk about high-risk schools. High-risk schools says it's exactly what Obama was trying to eliminate when he created the mandate. The mandate was created to say we bring everybody into one big pool, not really one big pool, but let's assume, let's just do it for argument's sake, one big pool so we spread the risk over the entire population set. High-risk pool says every single person who has a high-risk policy will have medical problems, and as such, we charge the holy hell out of that. And guess what? So that uh, they just don't, so that we only take the the maximum amount of money we can take out of you, we as the government will then subsidize that risk pool. That is known as a corporate giveaway with blinders on. Why? Because the government says this, insurance is a business. Insurance is a business who take risks. The only reason you give businesses profit is because they take risks. When I have my software company, I take the risk to develop software and hope that somebody will purchase my software. That's the risk I take. If I'm successful, I make a profit. If I'm not, I don't. Same with insurance companies. They're supposed to insure people. If they make a profit, great. If they don't, Here's the problem if you don't have a regulated insurance market. What happens then? If that person in the, remember I told you earlier that the insurance company cherry pick who they want. They leave all the sick people out. By, by giving them permission to leave all the sick people out, it means they go to a different pool, a pool then that is subsidized by the government that they would have otherwise had to take. 
so they can make more profits because the government is willing to take the insurance dollars of everybody to subsidize the sick people. So you as the person in a good insurance, a, good, a person who has cheap insurance, don't think it's all that cheap because you, again, are paying twice for insurance. You're paying that insurance to that private company, and when you pay your taxes, you're also subsidizing those that don't have insurance, so you pay twice. You pay twice. It is important for people to understand these things. And what I'm saying is you don't have to go through this long scenario that I just gave. I I gave that so that folks can understand how it actually works. People don't care about the details and the minutia. What they just need to know themselves is as follows. When you throw everybody in one, all sick people in one big pool, it costs more and you pay and not only you, you pay more if you're sick, and you pay more even if you have private insurance. And if they want a detailed explanation, you can give it to them. But we do that not only with, uh, we, we don't only do that with health care, we do that also with education. Oh, all these state governors want to save you, ta- they want to save your taxes, so they reduce all the taxes on you. But are they really reducing the taxes? Are you? What do you get in return? Normally, the state, they, they, they take all the taxes, sales tax, property taxes, and all these taxes, and they build highways and roads. Now they say, no, we're going to cut your taxes. And when they cut your taxes, what does it mean for the state government? It means now that freeway that, used to, that anybody could ride on now has a toll. That's a tax. I have folks that I know driving from one part of Katy to the next, their, their, toll, their toll expenditure is over $200 per month. Think about that. That is $200 a month. That is like saying you're giving the government $2,400 more in taxes. And guess what? Guess what's worse about that? It costs more to administer a toll road than it does a road that's free that is governed by tax dollars. Because a part of that money that you're giving in tolls goes to the profit of the corporation who the government gave authority to run that toll road. Secondly, they charge you more for your license. They charge you more for the education of your children. So whereas... In the past, you could pay 4 or 5 or $10 per semester hour in my days, and now about, and used to be $40 a semester hour. Uh-uh, no more, because you, when you send your kid to college, and these are things that people can understand themselves. You don't hear it on TV anymore. You don't, you don't hear the correlation between taxes and what you're going to spend otherwise. So what we as, as, as liberals, we as progressives, we as the ones who know, have to go out there and preach to people is the reality of how it works. You pay less in taxes, but you pay a hell of a lot more in the cost of services. And the reason you pay a hell of a lot more in the cost of services is as opposed to a government who only has to provide the service, a private company has to provide the service and also has to pay the CEO and also has to pay profits to the shareholders. It's a scam. The Republican methodology, the Republican way of thinking, the conservative belief that low taxes and privatize everything means that your tax dollars are going into the hands of private people. You are donating money for pe- to people for a service that should belong to us all, for a social service that we should have as a country, as a state. Vouchers for schools. We have DeVos there wanting to voucherize all the schools, privatized schools. Well, again, private schools cost more than public schools because you must pay profits. And it costs more in another way people don't tell you about. Teachers at private schools generally have less benefits and they are paid less, which means if you have teachers getting less benefits and and being paid less, it means that they provide less money acceleration to society. What that means is whereas they could have bought two loaves of bread, they can only buy one loaf of bread now. Whereas they could have bought two dresses, they can only buy one dress. So they reduce, they reduce the circulation of money because as opposed to that money being spread out to many, or uh, a raise given to many, or, or a higher wage given to many, we have a humongous profit going to just a few. 
And there are just so many cars a rich person can drive. There are just so many airplanes a rich person can have. There are just so many homes a rich person can have. We have to understand these concepts. And when we understand these concepts, we see the fraud that is the Republican methodology, the fraud that is the Republican, poli Republican policies, conservative policies. It's a fraud worked upon every single American, American citizen. We have to understand these things and we have to put it in bread and butter manner, in a bread and butter manner to our fellow citizens. If we don't do that, then yes, we'll succumb to the Trumps. We'll succumb to the plutocracy. If we get this message out, which we can, which we can, if we get this message out, then we will be successful in doing what we need to do. John, I think we're coming up close to where this stuff is supposed to end. So why don't you uh, give me a closer? Okay, one thing also about high-risk schools is that, yes. is, is that they really – they're going to be – the funding, if this actually does pass, and I don't think it's going to pass because I think the Republicans are completely divided. That's why Paul Ryan has it under a lock and key right now, and Rand Paul and all these other people, Cindy Hoyer and all these other people looking for it. But, I mean, they're, they are – completely underfunded right now you know according to hr 2653 they're only going to pay out 2.5 billion dollars a year and that's that's just not enough money to cover 22 million people that are currently uh under obamacare i mean it's just not enough and so i mean what's going to happen is you're going to have people that aren't going to have any insurance and it, right. it's going to be a disaster, and people know this, and that's why this bill hasn't passed yet. That's why they don't want it. They don't even want it to be out in the public because the more it's out in the public, they, the more people are going to going to have an active way to to fight against it. I mean, they're they're acting like this is CIA top secret material, you know. And the it fact, in, in this is. It, yeah, go ahead. So I mean it's it, you know so I, I I really I think that our our message has been extremely effective over the past few months uh and and right now you know the Republicans they they don't have a a, a plan because they would have already passed it this is already right. been a done deal if they had the votes if they had 218 votes it would have already been law right now so they don't have the votes you have the freedom caucus who who doesn't even want to make any any nod towards helping people at all? They have thirty people. I mean, they have like forty people in their caucus, so they can kill this. You have right. uh, you have the people who are terrified that they're not going to get reelected because uh, because it's going to be so bad, and they're they're not going to want to vote on this either. So I mean, you know, I think that I, I want to give all the activists credit. You know, and keep it up. And you've been great upon this. And I try to try to talk about this. Uh, but I mean, they're not. You know, we need to keep talking about it. But I mean, the momentum is going against them. And so we need to just keep it up. And and uh, you know, because these also, you know, I was in the high risk pools also, and I believe uh, you said your wife was also uh, from a few years ago when we were speaking. And this is junk insurance. This is what the ACA outlawed, right? Absolutely. Isn't that right? Absolutely. That's what the I mean, ACA, these high risk. Yes, it made sure that this was not a possibility anymore. But John, we got to go. So give me the, give me another ten seconds, and we go. All right, it's a great show. Uh, you know, really looking forward to all the stuff you put up there. You've had a good week. I've enjoyed everything I've seen on AbertoWillies.com. And uh, keep it up because, uh, you know, I think people are, are you know, showing their voices, and uh, it's, it's been great to, to see people speak up. Thank you very much, John. Folks, this is the end of Politics Done Right. I first want to tell you guys, thank you for listening. Remember to keep sharing this uh, video, not only sharing the show, but also make sure to go like Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis on Facebook, and also go to uh uh, Egberto Willis on Twitter. Follow it. Whenever we have uh, things to, to share with you, you will be there. This is Egberto Willis, Politics Done Right. Thank you so kindly. Have a wonderful rest of 
the week. Facebook Live, thank you guys for everything. And uh, we like, remember, keep sharing these babies. That's how we're going to make change in the country. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful day.